Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. I wonder how many of you in this room enjoy going to garage sales. I mean, like really the garage sale thing or, or maybe a flea market. You know, we go do that. And, and uh, I read a story that I found very interesting. OK, this happened a few years ago. Maybe you've heard the story. Um, but this would be considered the bargain of the decade. I mean, it's that Good. You go, well, what happened? Well, the place, it was Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The purchase, it was a simple picture. A person came in, started looking through some stuff. He saw a picture that he really liked, but he really didn't like the picture. He liked the frame. He's like, oh, Bob, how much is this? The guy says, give me 20 bucks for it. He's like, nah, how about 18? I was like, okay, I'll take 18. So he, he bought it for 18 because he liked the frame. He was going to put something else in there. This person left the garage sale happy, got a, got a great frame, feeling that he made a bargain at home. He began to look closely at the wood on the frame, and as he pulled back the canvas to separate the picture from the frame, guess what he discovered? He discovered a little wedge between the picture and the frame was an original copy of the Declaration of Independence. Right there. To his amazement, he's like, What? Did you know, later on, he sold that $18 investment for $4.5 million, $4. million. Kind of makes you want to go to garage sale, doesn't it? So the question is, is how did this fellow discover that he had an original copy of the Declaration of Independence? Well, he simply unveiled the canvas that lay in front. When I announced via Facebook and other places that we were going to study the book of Revelation, a lot of you were excited. And I don't blame you. We want to know what's going on. We want to know what's going to happen. But as I was standing outside and I was just meditating and praying as the worship was going on, I started to think, we want to know what's going to happen with the tribulation, but we would want to be here. Okay, It's exciting to us, and we want to know, how is this all going to play out? But my prayer is none of us in this room are here. That we're gone, that we're in heaven with Jesus. But I started to think about that. We're so intrigued. Now, the reason why Revelation is getting so many hits, it's, and I say hits, I mean, I'm talking about, I mean, we got people watching from Albuquerque. We've got people watching from all over because they're excited. They want to know what's going to happen, right? Why? Because we, we're living in a world, guys, that we don't recognize anymore. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, seriously, we don't recognize this. And I don't know if you do what I do, but sometimes I'll watch the tube and I'll think, boy, I remember when I first saw that sitcom, we didn't have to wear masks, we didn't have to be careful, there wasn't a pandemic, and this was last year. But it's a different world. It's a different world. Guys, it's, it's, it's stressful, it's mind-blowing, we, we have to stay healthy. Something in our spirit is crying out, something is not right. And we can feel it. The Holy Spirit is yearning within us. And so a lot of people are excited. The book of, I, I, I want to know. I always wanted to study that book. And others, man, they were just plain excited, right? Because of what we're living. 
But here's what I found interesting. Check this out. This will blow your mind. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but more and more churches and seminaries no longer teach the book of Revelation. It's a book that has been radically neglected much by the church, often labeling it confusing, controversial, or simply hard to understand. But that really shouldn't be the case. Because Revelation, guys, is the only book with a divine outline. Look at verse 19 with me on the screen, guys. Or you can look at your Bibles. Revelation 1.19 says this. He says, write these things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things that will take place after this. There's your outline. Okay, if you're looking for a goal, how, how is the outline? Okay, so let me, let me break it down so you can put this on your notes, okay? If you were going to break it down in three sections, okay, here's your outline. Section one, you could put at the top of your notes, and it's really found in chapter one, and it presents the Lord's person. You go, what do you mean? In other words, he who John has seen, okay? He who John has seen. So that's the first one. This is the Lord's person. Then in section two, okay, jot this down, chapters two and three, it's going to address the things which are, which are, okay? You go, well, like what? The churches, the church age, the focus would be on the Lord's people. So that's important to understand that, the Lord's people. That's, that's what we're going to look at. And then, as soon as you hear the Lord say, John, come up here, it changes. Chapters 4 through 22 gives us details of the things that are yet to come. The Lord's program. Things that are yet to come. Okay? So, let me break it down. You have the Lord's person, the Lord's people, and then the Lord's program. Now, the thing that excites us is the things that are going to come. Because never in our lives have we experienced a world where it's control. Dare I say it? We've never experienced that. Never. And now we stand here in November of 2020, hoping that 2021 will be better but we're not getting our hopes up. Now, don't misunderstand me. We're, we're praying for those that are sick. It's a real virus. People get sick. Some recover. Some go, oh, I, I felt bad for a while. Some, some don't make it. And that breaks my heart. Why? Because we're talking, guys, we're talking eternity. The moment someone takes their final breath on earth, it's eternity. One place or another. And I don't know about how you feel, and I don't want to keep talking about it, but I remember sitting here just overwhelmed last night. Anybody ever get overwhelmed with, with all the numbers coming in and everything going on? And I said, man, this is more, this is, this is, there's more. This is spiritual. This is something, God's doing something. Because I was so overwhelmed in my spirit. And I, and I really started to look at it that way. And so we have the Lord's person, we have the Lord's people, and then we're going to see what's going to happen that, that's, that's on the horizon, things that are about to come. And so the devout outline is real simple, things that are seen, things that are, and things yet to come.
Okay? So let's just read, guys, let's read verses 1 to 3. Now, I want you to read them in your Bible. I want you to see what they're like. I want you to see all of this going down, but then we'll come back and we'll, we'll break it down. Okay? Notice it says, it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must take or shortly take place. He sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, all the things he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Do you see that? Okay, so these are the first three verses we're going to talk about, okay? As we begin this amazing book, as we start to dig in, Okay, there are three main points to bring out in tonight's study. Okay, what are they? Jot this down. We're going to see the book. We're going to talk about the book in just a little bit. Then the second point we're going to see is the biographer. Who wrote it? Who wrote it? And then we're going to see the blessing promised. The blessing promised. So you've got the book. That's easy to write down. The biographer who wrote this book. And then the blessing. The blessing promised, okay? Those three outlines, jot this down. Okay, so let's look at verse 1. Let's talk about the book, okay? We're going to move really, really quickly into this. It says in verse 1, the revelation of who? Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John. Now, look at your Bibles, guys. Notice it says the revelation, the revelation, okay? There's no S. It's not revelations. It's not, but here's what I want you to see. If you have a pencil handy or you've got a highlighter or whatever it might be, I want you to circle that word. Why? Because the word revelation is from the Greek word apocalypse, which is translated into our English word apocalypse, okay? So when we hear words like revelation or the apocalypse, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? I mean, what do you think about when we hear the apocalypse? Well, I think many think of war. It's this great giant war. It's the apocalypse. Others think of chaos or catastrophe. But guys, for me, whenever I thought of the apocalypse, guys, I thought this is the end of the world. This is the end of the world. You go, how so? Well, I remember being about seven, eight years old, right? The adults in my life would get together, and they would talk about this word, revelation. Oh, did you hear the book of Revelation? And I remember sitting there, and you know what all I heard was? It was the end of the world. It scared everything. I mean, because I mean, think about this. Well, what does a kid know? The kid, his whole world is you, and now you're talking about it's the end of the world? The apocalypse. You're telling me that this big blue ball we call Earth someday going to end? In what? In mass destruction? That can freak a kid out. You know what we have a tendency to do at seven years old? We have a tendency to avoid it. Because if we avoid it, it'll go away. We don't have to deal with it. You go, Ben, adults do that too. Right? Are we not prone to going, listen, if I don't deal with it, it's just going to go away. If I don't talk, if we don't talk about it, listen, don't, don't mention revelation. Don't. And that's how a lot of people are. They don't want to get into this because of the signs and the symbols and, and so forth. But remember last week we said, 
in talking about revelation, guys, here's what I'm praying. I'm praying that it brings our hearts pure unto God. Pure, that we would check our walks. It would draw us to the place where we're like, yeah, wow. The apocalypse. But that's not what it means. It's not the end of the world. Let me tell you what it does mean, and you can write this in your Bible. The word revelation or apocalypse simply means the unveiling. The unveiling. Okay? That's all it means. Okay? So what are we going to study tonight? The unveiling of Jesus Christ. The unveiling. Okay? This is so cool. Because think about this. Okay? Think about um, a local hero in the hometown. The mayor gets every, well, okay, the mayor used to get everybody together. I mean, we sort of do. And there would be a big tarp, right? There would be a big thing. And he'd, he'd come up on a podium and he'd say some words. And then what would he do? He would unveil that statue to the person they were honoring. It was an unveiling. So it's a taking away. And that's what he says, guys. This is the word. He says, here it is. Here's the title. It's the unveiling of Jesus Christ. The unveiling of Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to put on your thinking caps. As we go through each study, I want you to see Jesus. Because that's who we're unveiling. We're not unveiling a pastor. We're not unveiling a church or a denomination. I want to show you Jesus. It was the words of Martin Luther who once said in his book, quote, my spirit cannot adapt itself to this book. The reason that I do not esteem it highly is that Christ is neither taught nor recognized, unquote. This is Martin Luther. Okay? And Martin Luther could have, could, could, couldn't have been further from the truth of this statement. Why? Because All of it, from the first words that we read to the very end, he's going to show us Jesus. It's it's the unveiling of the Lord Jesus. Hey, I think it's a good time to stop right here and ask you, how's your walk with Jesus? How's your walk with Jesus? Guys, it's not about coming to church, doing a few things, a little hallelujah, a little praise song, little little worship music in the car. I, I want to know how your how your walk is with Jesus. Are you madly in love with my God? I mean, do you look up and the and just see the stars and go, Lord, you are so good? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. You ready? Jot this down in your notes. The devil is trying to steal your joy each and every day. You know he is. He's trying to steal your joy. He's trying to steal your joy. Wait, what did he say? The devil is trying to steal your joy. The world is trying to steal your joy, guys. We are blessed. We are highly favored. Are you serious? Man, we have oxygen. We have, and, and the devil is trying to go, man, I, I, he, he wants us mad at our wives. He wants us mad at our husbands. He wants us mad at the kids. He wants us mad at the world. And I, I get there. Ah, oh, I can't believe this. Numbers again. I They're going to shut us down. Oh, can, oh, what, what, they better not shut down the city. We just go all over the place, and the devil's like, <laughs> but, but the God is so good. Guys, God is so good because, because he's going to reveal who Jesus is through all of this. Now, 
Just a quick note, guys, just a quick note. Listen, it's not the revelation of St. John the Divine, okay? Some Bibles used to say that, okay? The revelation of St. John the Divine. Nor is it the book of Revelations, okay? You'll hear, you'll watch, what's going to happen? You're going to hear that common mistake. Everybody's going, oh, you're studying Revelations? No, it's the book of Revelation. It's the unveiling. Guys, the focus is not the unveiling of a bunch of futuristic events that are going to happen to the world, although that's covered. The book, the central focus of the book, is to reveal the person of Jesus Christ and his plan for the world. Now, let me stop right here. Let me just say this, okay? This is his show. This is his show. From the beginning of time to today, God has been on the throne. Listen, I, I, I want you to picture. You and I, we worry. We freak out. We are uncertain. But you know what? God has never been that way. He's not going, what happened? Hey, Gabriel, come here. What did... Who put this virus? Oh, now I got to do something. I don't know what to do. That's not God. God goes, no, this is my show, and I want my people to respond. What do I want my people to do? To give glory to God in each and everything we do. That's, that's what he wants. Guys, to give glory. We have some college students in here to give glory to God in each and everything we do. Now, I'd like to make a brief or take a brief moment to draw out some amazing things. You go, well, like what? Well, when it comes to Jesus Christ, he is the main subject seen in many different lights. Do you understand? Okay. So let me just recap so you get it. This is the unveiling of who? Help me out here. Jesus. Okay. This is what the book is focused. That's on who? On who? Okay. So you, you got that. Okay. Now, but, but, but he's going to be seen in different lights. Okay, Martin Luther's like, I don't even see Jesus in the pages, and I don't understand why he said that, but let me just show you. Let me just show you, okay? In Revelation chapter 1 through 3, this is how Jesus is seen. Okay, jot this down because it's going to help you as we go through. He is seen as the exalted priest king ministering to the churches. That's how we see him. In chapters 1 to 3. He is what now? He is the exalted priest slash king. And he's ministering to the churches. That's a good place for an amen. And I'll tell you why. Because that's the Jesus I want ministering to me. When I am tired, when I'm lonely, when I'm frustrated, when I'm stressed, when I don't think I have any hope for tomorrow, I need my Jesus to minister to me. I need him to say, Ben, it's okay. I got you. But Lord, I don't understand what's the world going to be like. I got you. In chapters 4 and 5, Jesus is seen, where? In heaven as the glorified Lamb of God reigning from the throne. That's the picture he's seen in heaven. In chapter 6 through 18, how is the Lord seen? He is seen as the judge of all the earth. 
That's how he's going to be seen. Okay? And then in Revelation 19, my Lord is seen as he returns to the earth. Guess how? As a conquering king of kings. Here's my thought. A lot of us, we live from moment to moment. Okay? We all have Thanksgiving next week. And some of our college code kids are going to go home. They're going to have Thanksgiving. And then Christmas will be come. And then they'll, you know, and, 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 and they're probably thinking, okay, so January we'll come back and we'll want to finish out the semester and so forth, right? I mean, we, we all have these, we, we sort of move moment to moment. But one of the things that we don't really fully comprehend, and I don't know if we can, is I want you to think about what the Lord is going to tell us about what's about to happen. You go, well, like what? Well, we know that, that at, at the sound of a trumpet, that the dead in Christ is going to rise first and we're going to, we're going to be raptured. Okay? So, what do we do? So we look up every day and we go, well, it might be today. All right, Lord, today. It's good. But then there's going to be, and we're going to study it here, there's going to be seven years of tribulation. Three years of tribulation, the world is going to look for a savior. They're going to want somebody to save them, somebody to make things right, somebody to make things better. Hello? Are we not being set up for that right now? Because, guys, because, because of our current situation, the world, and I speak in general, okay, is wanting a vaccine so bad. Why do they want a vaccine? So we can get back to normal. Give me the shot, blah, blah, blah. And so we're looking for a savior. We're looking for something to get us back to normal. Rightfully so, would you not agree? We want our kids to play ball. We want our kids to, we want to go to the sporting events. We want to go out to eat and all of that stuff. But, but think about it. Think about how, I want you to think about the people around you and how they're thinking. Now, now you have a major catastrophe of what? The Christians being gone. Okay? Think about this for just a second. If we think a virus and an election and so forth and so forth and so forth is bad, think about all of us being gone. Think about the financial collapse immediately. Think about the wrecks. There you are driving. There's, there's Adam driving to work in his truck. and He's, he's gone. Guess what his truck's going to do? It's going to do what it normally does. It's going to just go. You understand that people who are not raptured are going to die that day. But we're with Jesus for seven years. Marriage, supper, the Lent. We're having a great time. But do you realize that we're going to come back for a thousand years? We're going to come back for a thousand years and rule and reign? He's going to be in Israel for a thousand years. Guys, the United States has only been, what, about 200, 200 plus years old? I mean, we're talking a thousand years. Ruling and reigning with glorified bodies. Yeah, y'all are looking at me like, I can't comprehend that. That, I can't even think what I'm gonna, what we're having for Thanksgiving. Are you kidding me? And then, when that's done, we're gonna see in Revelation how that's gonna go away. Satan's gonna be released for a little while to, tempt the nations. 
but then we're going to see a new heaven and a new earth. And you realize that God actually gives us dimension of the new Jerusalem. Verse, we're going to live with him forever. I mean, I mean, I mean, right here, this is, this is what we got, right? Tonight, we're going to go home. Okay, I'm hungry. Let's eat and then go to bed and we're going to do our day tomorrow and so forth and so forth. But this guys, we're going to live with Jesus with, in heaven forever. My little brain can't comprehend what that's going to be like. I mean, I really can't. But this is what we see, and this is why God says, there's our hope. There's our hope. So, what is the book? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, we need to chat for just a moment. Why? Because I feel at this point in our study, I think some of you desperately need this book. You desperately need a revelation from Jesus Christ in your life. And if you're being honest... Things are silent between y'all. Lord, I used to, I used to feel you. God, I used to. God, what's, and now you're wanting, God, please just reveal yourself to me. And a lot of you that are, my, that are watching might feel the same way. Some of us in this room might feel like we're in a desert. We're in a desert from God. I used to feel him so, so close, and, and, and we've allowed things in our lives. We've allowed certain things to move us away from him. But I think that we need to, we need to see him. We need to know him. And listen, as you study this book, guys, and get to know the Lord and Savior better. Let me just say this to you. You ready? The last thing, listen, Joe, the last thing Satan wants is that to happen in your life. You go, what do you mean? Well, let me just say this. Beware of things keeping you from attending because he doesn't want you to get closer to God. He doesn't want you to walk victoriously. He wants you to walk in the sins that so easily drag us down. Oh, man, I was planning on coming to Revelation study. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and all of a sudden something comes up. Always happens on Wednesday. Always happens on Wednesday. Oh. But this is a great book. Now, jump with me, guys, to verse 3. Notice what it says. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written, for the time is near. Now, I want you to notice with me. It says, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. You go, what do you mean? Well, listen, in context, this prophecy, guys, circle the word prophecy because it's telling futuristic events that's about to happen. So it's a book of prophecy. It's a book of prophecy. Now, last week, if you recall, we talked about how we need to interpret this book. And the way we're going to interpret this book is very easy. It's the way Jesus does. How so? Literally. We're going to interpret exactly what he says. Now, do you realize, listen, that all of the Old Testament prophets interpret scripturally, literally, 
And Jesus himself always gave a literal interpretation. Now, I know what you're thinking. You go, okay, okay, pastor, pastor, I have a question. Last week you said that word signified in verse 1 means signs and symbols. Are you telling me that as we go through this book, we're supposed to interpret all the signs and all the symbols literally? Well, the answer is yes. That's exactly what we're supposed to do. But let me explain. As you recall last week, this book, guys, was a spiritual code for the early church. First century Christians understood the symbols quite clearly. Many of them were revealing in the Old Testament. Well, how so? Well, drop this down just for your sake. Out of the 404 passages found in Revelation, 360 quotations or allusions are to the Old Testament. That's why at Calvary Chapel we teach the Old Testament. You need to know the Old Testament. You need to know Genesis. You need to know the plagues. We talked all about that. But now you get a good understanding, and so again, think about it. Well, Ben, I need an example. Well, John says, I saw a great dragon in Revelation 12, verse 9, and 20, verse 2. But what is he describing? He's actually describing Satan. And the beast that comes out of the sea is a futuristic ruler and his empire. But what does John say? John says, I saw a beast. So we have to really, we have to do some work. We have to really dig through. Because he'll say, I saw a sea coming out of the sea, but you know what the sea represents? Nations. But on the same token, listen, it's never been more clear. It's never been more clear. Now, I understand, church, listen, I understand that people are going to scoff at this. People are going to go, come on, let's look at all those prophetic events of the Bible and scoff. They said, that's never happened. You guys with me? I mean, they're, they're scoffers, right? Let, let, me, let me take you back to a little story, okay? Um, it was around January and 2020, and Nathalie came to me, and she said, hey, did you hear all about what's going on in Wuhan, China? And I said, no, I never, I didn't hear it. She goes, there's a virus that, that, that's been in Wuhan, is in, and they're, they're trying to stop it from coming to the United States, and supposedly it kills people. And, and she's just listing all of this stuff in January. And you know what I went? I went, come on. Sweetie, that's the news. They're going to, you know, there's, I mean, surely the United States would never allow that to happen here. Now, yes, there might be a virus, but it's never going to be. That was somewhat scoffing, was it not? Because I really believe the United States and, <laughs> and that people actually care for us. Well, it's the same thing, guys, as we go through. I'm reminded of what Peter said. That's going to be a sign in the last days. Second Peter, jot this down, guys. Second Peter chapter 3, 3 and 4. It might be up on the screen. It says this. Knowing this first, that what? Scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? 
For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Guys, do you realize this is what he says in the last days right here, that scoffers are going to come and say, listen, things haven't changed. Let me take it one step further. Let me take it one step further. How many of you know, and don't raise your hand, but how many of you know somebody who, in the midst of our pandemic, just kind of sees life as it normally is? I mean, just, just, is just going about life without, it's kind of like, oh, it's the same. It's, it's going to get better. And I mean, I mean, they're wonderfully optimistic, but you're, you're thinking of that person right now that you're going, they're, they don't, do they not see? And again, this is exactly what the scoffers are going. They're going, yeah, you said Jesus was going to come back. <laughs> you said Jesus was going, come on. Nothing has changed since the beginning of time, but it has, has it not? That's what I want you to see. But all you have to do, guys, is a simple study of Bible prophecy to discover that much of what God has predicted has already come to pass. It's already come to pass. Okay. As we go, as we go through our study, guys, we will define the rapture and the second coming, okay? Those are two different events, okay? We will be introduced, hello, to a coming world leader who will establish a world economic system. Do you understand that? Why would we need a new world economic system? Oh, oh, wait a minute. We are going to read, guys, of a radical judgment that God brings upon the earth for seven years. This is why my heart breaks when somebody takes sin lightly. Or when they'll say, if I get left behind, I get left behind. It's not a big deal. That scares me. Because God is going to judge this world like never before. We will be introduced to a group called the 144,000 to find out what their purpose is here. And then we'll examine when and why the Jews are going to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Now, in Jerusalem right now, did you, did we go to the Temple Institute? We, we didn't go in, did we? But we went to a place where they have, you could go in and take a tour, and they have everything ready and set up for the third temple. The third, third temple's not built, but the, everything, the utensils, the, the priestly garbs, everything to begin offer sacrifice. We're going to see why they want to rebuild that. As we walk through the book, guys, we're going to learn about Jesus. But my prayer, my personal prayer for you and for me is this. You ready? Number one, here's my prayer, that we won't walk away with a bunch of new info in tidbits about Gog or Magog or the Antichrist or the Mark of the Beast. You don't just want to have stuff going, oh, okay, that was fun. That was fun. My personal prayer, guys, is that we, each week that we come, that we will walk away examining our hearts learning to trust him even more. And I pray that every time we're in this book, it will move us to faith and trust in Jesus. Guys, I want your foundation to be so solid that nothing is going to move you. 
none of your friends, hey, let's go party, none of, your, none of anything else that you're going to know, I am on the solid rock, man. I'm the solid rock. Why? Listen, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with you. I'm imploring you. I'm begging you guys. This is not the time to be messing around. We talked about it on Sunday, man. We need to repent. We need to turn. We need to focus on God. He needs to be our all in all. Besides, that other stuff, it leaves us empty anyway. Now, it's only Jesus who brings pure happiness and pure joy. All that stuff leaves us empty. Oh, yeah, we go leave the Vida Loca for five minutes, and then we... No, this is sustaining joy. But my point is this. Listen, guys. When God moves in my spirit, I mean, he's moving in my spirit now, and I'm telling you right now that we're here. The end is near. And I'm super excited. Why? Because I get to spend eternity with all y'all. And we're going to be in heaven. It's going to be amazing. And here's what I know. There will be no more tears and no more hurt, no more brokenness and no more loneliness. Speaking of loneliness, guys, after Sunday, we're starting a brand new series. It's a brand new series you don't want to miss. Why? Because we're going to talk about loneliness. And I've just been really thinking about that because this is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year and Christmas and everything, but do you realize that this is the highest suicide rate month that we have? It's in December, Christmas. People don't want to be lonely. They don't want to be lonely. My prayer, guys, tonight and every week is that we would be a mobile church. You go, what does that mean? Reaching out to those who don't yet know him. Reaching out. Okay, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to show his servants the thing which must shortly take place, he sent and signified it by his angels to his servant John. Signified, it's revealed through signs or symbols. Okay, but what signs? What symbols? Well, we're going to talk about seven churches. We're going to talk about seven bowls. Everybody understand the bowls? We're going to talk about seven trumpets. There's going to be seven veils, seven thunders, and there's going to be a weird vision of Jesus. I mean, this is the signs and symbols. Now, you go, well, why the symbols? Why the symbols? Well, remember, guys, remember, the reason is to provide protection because it was written during a time of intense persecution. 95 AD, the emperor Domitian, remember, he was just like, mm. so John says, I've got I've to get the word out by signs and symbols so, well, the, the saints knew who, what was going on, but because of intense persecution. Number two, to convey information. Why? Listen, check this out. This is going to blow your mind. Symbolism is not weakened by time. Or language is. Symbolism is not weakened by time. Okay? So, he's got to convey information. Think about it. How long? How long has this been, Joe? 90 AD, right? 95 AD. I mean, 2,000 years. It's still going. Number three, the third reason, it's to arouse our emotions. To arouse our emotions. How so? Well, symbolism arouses strong emotion, guys, and it paints vivid pictures of our imagination. It's not just to educate, but stir our hearts. You go, what do you mean? Well, let me give you an example. It's one thing for me to say that a dictator will appear on the scene. Okay? Hey, guys, a dictator's coming. That doesn't arouse your emotions. But if I say a beast, 
arose out of the sea. <gasps> Whoa. And your brain does something amazing. It connects. Whoa, okay. Okay. Hmm. That's why John writes in symbols. That's why people don't teach the book of Revelation. Now, the book of Revelation also, too, guys, is a series of we're in heaven, we're on earth. We're on heaven, we're on earth. It's like the husband that has the remote that won't keep it on the channel, right? It's like chick, 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 chick. All the women go, mm-hmm, I know what you're talking about. That's how we are. One minute we're in heaven, one minute we're on earth. One minute we're in heaven and we're on earth. And that's how it is. But, but if we were just to read it, if you were just to read it, you'd go, I'm confused because I'm not sure where we're supposed to be. My husband has the remote. I need to know somebody. You know, I, I, I got to have this. So that's the book. Number two, real quickly, guys, the biographer. Who wrote the book? Well, God is the writer. Okay, trick question. Who wrote the book? Right? Well, John penned it, but God was, is, is, is the writer. Okay? He said, John, write this down. Now, if I were to say something, Adam, write this down, I am the one, I am, I'm telling him to write, he's just going to pen it down. You understand? That's exactly what's going on. But you go, who is John? Remember, John was a fisherman from Galilee, and, and he was part of Jesus' inner circle. He was the disciple, guys, whom Jesus loved. He was called the disciple whom Jesus, do you remember that? He goes, he goes I'm not John, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved, and I don't know how to take that, okay? Because I think if it's me, it's one of those things where I know what kind of mess up I am. I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. I don't know how he did it, but that's me. I like it that way because I know that's how I am. But he said that, and I know John was, John was super humble, humble. Do you realize that John, guys, John was the only disciple and the last person to leave the foot of the cross? John. John was under heavy persecution under Titus Domitian. You guys got that? Tradition says that he was so persecuted that they tried to boil him in oil. You talk about a miracle. I mean, he didn't die. And so Domitian goes, are you serious? Did you not put, you know, oil in there? Was the fire not hot enough? How could he not die? So what does they do? They banish him to the island of Patmos. Right? That's where he goes. Guess what? John is in his 90s. And he's isolated. Talk about being lonely, right? There he is alone. Lonely. Loneliness? Something I feel is noteworthy, guys. It was a place of isolation that John received his greatest revelation. Are you hearing me? Your attention, please. He hung out with Jesus. He, he touched Jesus. He was always putting his head on Jesus' bosom. He, he, he knew Jesus, but it was the place where he got alone, away from the noise, that he received the greatest revelation of who Jesus is. You go, Ben, what's your point? You ready? Jot this down, guys, because I think it's some great application we can take home tonight. Don't despise the times of isolation. Don't despise the times of difficulty. It may bring about your greatest blessing. Let me take it a step further. Let's just say, Santos, you with me? Let's just say that we have to self-quarantine because we were with somebody who had COVID. 
Okay. Instead of, what if we took that time, if we had to, Beth, if we had to, Bethany, we could get God's greatest blessing. Wow. See, I think it's all about perspective, is it not? Why? Because I told Talia yesterday, if I have to self-quarantine, I'll go crazy. I cannot stay in that house by myself any more than a day. I'm, that's just me. You know what I'm talking about? I cannot. Whenever we get snowstorm, Nathalie's like, why are you going to the store? We don't need anything. I know, I just got to get out, bro. I just got to get out of this place. I can stay one day, but 14, it ain't happening. Wait a minute, Ben, you just said you could receive God's greatest blessing. What's my point? Joe, my point is, is if we have to, let's flip it on its head and let's, let's read those books that we've been meaning to read. Let's finish that project. Let's pray. That's all I'm saying. So maybe tonight you're in Patmos. There you are. And God's going to reveal himself to you right there. Someone once said, a little faith will bring your soul to heaven, but a lot of faith will bring heaven to your soul. So what is John doing? Guys, he's writing to suffering Christians so they might be encouraged. That's going to be amazing. This book is going to be radical. Okay, number three, the blessing. Verse three, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Let me just say this, guys. No other book, no other book, no other book makes this statement like that in the Bible. Now, we're blessed anytime we, <laughs> we read any part of the Bible, are we not? But this is the only book in the Bible that has a built-in promise. Okay? What does he say? He said, blessed. What does that mean? Well, if you have a pencil handy, it means happy are you and approved from God. Happy are you and approved from God. Okay? Is the person who, everybody say who. Let's try it again because I want to make sure you're awake. Everybody say who. Notice, those who read, we're going to read it. Those who hear... Right? We want a heart to understand. But you ready? This is key. This is key. Okay? And those who keep it, obedience is key. Okay? We're going to read it. Yeah, I'm going to be blessed because I read it. No, you're going to be blessed because you read it, you understand it, and you obey it. And you obey it. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Okay? Those who read, those who hear, those who keep it. Listen to this. Psalm 19, 7 and 8. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, covering the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Guys, this is the word of God. Now, we're going to close, okay? We're, we're done looking at this. I know we're a little early, but that's okay. I'm going to have the worship team come on up. But as we close, guys, let's pray. Let's pray 
that we walk away from each study in this book that we'd ask these questions, okay? This is, this is, and, and so jot these down, okay? What did this teach me? What did this teach me that I can apply to my life? That's what I'm, every time we come to, what did this teach me that I can apply to my life? That's the first question. Every week we go through, what did this book teach me that I can apply? And then the second question we say is, how can I put into practice this week? How can I put this into practice this week? What can I do? What can I do? Guys, it's some good, good, good stuff. If you are done and you, for some reason, cannot make it, make sure that you check it out online so you stay going. You stay going. Next week happens to fall on Thanksgiving. We don't have our Wednesday night study. But the following week, guys, we're going to get, we're going to jump into the churches. And here's what I want you to do. Prepare your heart for the church. You go, like what? Well, again, think about this. Think about, I mean, some of the stuff the Lord's going to command and then he's going to condemn and he's going to say, okay, and I, I, and, and, and not only do I want to read it, but I want it to read me. So I know. This morning as I was having my quiet time, I really felt like the Lord spoke to me in one of those ways that only the Lord can. You ever have those divine appointments where you go, I know my calling, I know my reason, I know my purpose? That's what it was this morning. Guys, when I gave my life to Jesus, I remember I had a series of dreams, and I've told you this before, but I want to, I want to share it because it meant so much to me. I, I had a series of dreams of how God used symbolism, right? I was in the back of a truck. The bed was down. Okay, now it seemed like the bed went on forever because what I was doing is I was preaching the gospel and I was bringing people onto the truck. When people understood with their heart, I would get them and help them into the truck. But as I looked out, more and more people were coming and some of them were sitting with their arms crossed like, I'll listen to you, but I'm not sure where if I'm going to get saved. And then others wouldn't. And I had that dream, that recurring dream. And I'm like, Lord, what does this mean? Well, the Lord was preparing me for this is my purpose, guys. This is here I am on a platform and I'm begging people to get in the truck. To get saved. And I thought that I said, Lord. And so I posted on Facebook right away. I was just like, listen, he's coming back, guys. I don't, I don't know. There's one of those opiph that was like, wow, God, I know my purpose. I know, I know what God, I know I was born. I know I was put on this earth is so that you guys could get in the truck. So listen to me with all of your heart. Where are you with God? Are you saved? 
Are you sanctified? Is your, is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Because if you're here tonight or you're watching online and it's not, guys, I'm telling you right now, today's the day. Please don't leave this church building without getting in the truck. You go, what do I have to do? Man, you have to open up your heart and invite him inside. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Repent. Turn from that stuff that we're doing. God's not going to wink at us and be like, okay, that's fine. He's going to say, listen, I want us to grow closer to God, but we have to know God first. And we've all, we've all, we've all been here. We've all been there. And so I'm asking you with all of my heart, get in the truck. Will you go, Ben? I'm, I'm watching you online. I can't, I'm, make sure you're saved. Make sure you're saved. Make sure you repent, turn, and follow Jesus with all of your heart. Today's the day of salvation. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we thank you for the truth in your word. We thank you for your great love for us. Lord, this is my purpose. This is my calling. And I just need to be filled with your Holy Spirit, God, not only to invite people into the truck, into salvation, God, but even in everyday life, God, with my family and and those that, that, Lord, you put around me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. Baptize me with your Spirit. There's nothing more important than seeing seeing people saved. And so I pray right now, and I would ask with every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe today God is speaking to your heart, and you know you're not right with him. You're not right, but you want to be right because you know he's coming back soon. And God brought you here. He has you watching online for a reason, maybe listening via podcast. But right now, Search your heart. God, where am I with you? Am I good with you? Am I good? Lord, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness, ungodliness. Let me follow you all the days of my life. If that's you and God is speaking to your heart and you've never made that commitment or you want to rededicate your life to him and follow him afresh, can I just say tonight's the night? I want to give you an opportunity. Would you just say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to surrender my life to Jesus tonight. I want to be right with him. I don't want to play church anymore. I don't want to fool around. I want to give my life to God. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand right now so I can pray for you? Would you just say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I want the Lord. I want the Lord. If you're watching online and, and uh, God sees your heart, amen. Anyone else? Anyone else right now? If you're watching online, just lift up your hand. God sees you. And just say, Lord, I commit my life to you today. I don't want to play around anymore. I give you everything. I'm following you, Jesus. I believe in you and I repent. I'm turning from the world. I'm going to follow you. I want to be in heaven with you forever. And help me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, 
please click on the donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.